Thanks, Pastor Tim. Hey, my name's Michael, coming at you from Austin, Texas, and pretty cool to, to be here with you today. You know, I have had the privilege of knowing Tim and Jaya uh, since they were college students and uh, have just been blessed with the opportunity to have front row seats to God's hand on, on their lives, and it has been so much fun. Like, I remember when, you know, Tim was 19 years old, had hair, so much hair, right? And then they, they start to date, and then my wife and I, we got to do their premarital counseling and got to see Tim deliver his first sermon. That's a good story. You should ask him about that one. And uh, then them go to seminary. They moved to Austin to help us start the church here in Austin, and uh, it, it has been such a, a blessing to uh, just be in their lives, and now getting to, to, to sit here with you guys and, and to talk uh, to Phoenix Bible Church. So excited to be with you here today. We're going to be in John chapter 1. Man, grab, grab your Bible. We're going to cover a message called An Unfiltered Invitation in Unprecedented Times, and I mean, this is going to be so much fun in John chapter 1. Uh, but before we get into uh, the message, let me just give you some background uh, to kind of what leads up to the message. Because in John chapter 1, we meet this guy named John the Baptist. Now, it's a different John than the one who wrote the Gospel of John. Uh, but John the Baptist is still, he's pretty big deal. You know, he's got some crazy hair, living in the wilderness, eating uh, locusts and, and honey. And he's admired uh, by uh, the religious leaders, but they're not sure what to think about him because John the Baptist is just walking around calling everybody to repent for their sins. And the people, they're not having it because uh, they're just like, what's he talking about? Because they thought they were doing great. Uh, they thought, look, man, uh, we're, we're, we're the people of Israel, so our family lineage, it's on point, right? They had robes, they had tassels, they had great prayers. They're like, what, what do we need to... Uh, repent for, right? They were just really impressed with themselves, like, like people from California. You all have people moving? Yeah, we do too, right? That's, that's, that's what's going on, and John the Baptist in John chapter 1 just says, nah, that ain't right. Like, we're not even close. Like, like we are to be holy as God is holy, and we fall uh, so far uh, from that. And then he transitions, and he points to Jesus, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. This is the one who's going to take away the sins of the world. This is the one that's going to make us holy. And that's, man, that's the background of the passage. John 1, verses 35 to 51. We're going to see three sub-points. And our first sub-point is come and see. And, and look at it right there. And grab God's Word. Hold God's Word in your hand. Look at John chapter 1. Look at verse 39. You see the phrase, come and see. These words are spoken by Jesus. John the Baptist has been pouring in to these men. He's been talking to these men about the promised Messiah, the Savior that's coming, the righteousness of God that's coming down from heaven, God in the flesh. He's been, he's been reminding this, these guys that, that the Savior is coming, and then boom, there he is. This is the one they've been waiting for. Jesus then turns back, and Jesus' response is, come and see. Can you imagine? I mean, think about like your favorite musician, 
your favorite actor, you bump into them on the streets and they just don't want to do a selfie with you, but they're like, come back, hang out, let's spend the day together. That's what's going on in John chapter one. I remember one time I was in New York City, I was walking down the street and I see Harvey Keitel. You know that actor, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs? Awesome. I see him and I make eye contact with him. He's having coffee and I look at him, he's looking at me, right? And I'm thinking, like, are we about to become best friends? And so I give him a nod. I'm just like, Harvey, what's up? And, and he just says, no, just gives me this, right? He just waves me off, doesn't want anything to do with me. But in John chapter one, the promised savior turns to these men and says, come and see. And they spent like the whole day together. I mean, look at verse 39. It tells us that it was the 10th hour. That's like 4 p.m. So they just spent time hanging out with Jesus. Come and see. Like eating food, slurping soup with Jesus, talking about life with Jesus, cracking jokes with Jesus. And no doubt that Jesus was taking them to the scriptures. You know, hey, let's go look at Noah, the ark, the boat of salvation that's fulfilled in Jesus, taking him to Abraham and Isaac, see the sacrifice, boom, pointing to Jesus, takes him to Moses, the Passover, boom, pointing, you know, you know, they're like probably exploding just in awe, and it all starts off with a simple invitation, come and see, listen, I, I know we don't know each other, but you need to know something like that, that's the same invitation that Jesus is giving today. Through his word, the invitation hasn't changed. Come and see. Come and be in awe of Jesus. And I know we don't know each other, and I don't know your spiritual journey, but I know that sometimes like, we can get caught up in doing so many church things. Like We forget why we're doing those things. Right? Have, you, have you had those moments where you know, you're watching this worship video online, you're going to your small group, zooming it up, maybe meeting up with some people to serve somebody, and like you're doing all these church things, and the church things are good, they're great, but like sometimes we just start, check, going through the list, check, and we forget, like, dude, the reason we're doing those things are to stir up in us a sense of wonder and awe in Jesus. Man, so I just wanted to encourage you today. Man, you look at John chapter 1, Jesus is inviting us to be in awe of Him. Jesus is standing right there in front of them. He doesn't give them a list of moral behaviors. He doesn't give them their political party plan. He doesn't give them parenting tips, marital tips. He invites them to see his life, to be in awe of him. And that's the same invitation that Jesus has given us today. That's our, that's our first sub point, come and see. Our, our second sub point is come and follow. Our second subpoint is come and follow. And we, we need to clarify that when Jesus says come and see, that it isn't supposed to end with just seeing Jesus, right? The, the, the fullness of the invitation is to follow. 
Uh, we don't want to just examine Jesus or explore the, the, the life of Jesus. Like the intent is that we come and see and in awe of Him, we follow. Come and follow. Now, I'm not crazy about this word follow because of our social media today. It kind of sounds like, well, you know, you follow a celebrity, you're checking in every once in a while, see what they're doing, right? And, and you, know, you, know, you know, that's not how it works with Jesus. When you, when you look at Scripture, when he, when he says follow, right, verse 43 says, follow me. You see it? I mean, hold God's word in your hand. Look at it. Write it down. He says, follow me. That, that's, that's a call for us to surrender our life to Jesus, he gives this invitation of follow me uh, over 20 times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's always in a sense of surrender. Like pick up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. Sell your possessions, follow me. Let the dead bury the dead, follow me. And that's exactly what's going on. Come and follow. Now this is hard to, to illustrate. Uh, come and follow. But it's a little bit like the difference between dating, like in a dating relationship and marriage, right? We've been in this quarantine, so I've been watching a lot more TV. Got a little stalkery on the actor John Krasinski from The Office, right? He's married to Emily Blunt. They're, they're, they're married today. They got kids. Well, he starts, you know, talking about, you know, how they met and their dating relationship. And he tells a story that when on their, on their, on their first date, uh, they sit down and John begins to tell Emily, I'm your biggest fan. I'm such a fan of your work, right? Seems like a nice thing to say. But Emily stops him midway through the sentence. She like knows where he's going with that sentence. And she's like, she stops him. She says, look, if this relationship is going to work, we can't be fans of one another. Which makes sense, right? I mean, if you're going to be fan a fan of somebody, you're putting them on a pedestal, right? You're, you're kind of rose-tinted glasses. Like, they can do no wrong. Like, you're changing your speech and your life because you don't want to disappoint them. And Emily knows, like, if this relationship is going to work, like, there's going to be disappointment at some point. There, there's going to be, uh, you know, an argument. That there's going to be conflict at, at one, at some point, John's fantasy of Emily is going to explode. It's going to pop. And so she's like, if this is going to work, we can't be fans. I mean, that's a, that's a little bit of what's being described in John chapter 1. When Jesus says, come and follow, we can't be fans. Right? We can't. It doesn't work if you're following Jesus from a distance. That's not, that's not the invitation that Jesus is giving us. No, it's, it's come and surrender. Right? Because at some point, if we do come and see, if we come and see, if, we're in, if we see His glory, we're in awe of Him, at some point His life is going to rub against our life. There's going to be tension. There's going to be friction, right? It's Jesus, he's God in the flesh against us. Like, like, there's going to be things that make us feel uncomfortable when his, his word is, is pressing against our lives, when his word is calling us to, to obedience in a way that, that feels uncomfortable. Right there, There's going to be tension, and it, it's in that moment that Jesus is 
calling us to surrender. Surrender our lives to Him. Follow Him. I mean, it's possible that in the midst of this global pandemic, there's been things stirring up in you. Maybe doubting God's goodness, wondering what He's doing, frustrated, angry at Him. It's absolutely, it's pressing against you. Saying, trust me. Follow me. Surrender your life to me. That's absolutely involved in the invitation. Maybe there's some of us that are having relational conflicts with one another in our family. We don't want to extend forgiveness. We don't want to reconcile. We don't want to bring up the conflict. Absolutely. It's Jesus' glory and He's pressing against us. Follow me. Surrender your life to Jesus. There's, there's fullness in Jesus. There's goodness in Him. He knows exactly what He's doing. That, that's why the order is so important. Right? He doesn't just lead off with the demands, come and follow. He leads off with, come and see. Come and see His glory. Be in awe of Him. And in light of His glory, follow Him. Our first subpoints come and see. Our second subpoint come and follow. Our third subpoint come and join. Come and join. Man, did you notice that in this passage in John chapter one, it is full of relationships? Right? Saturated in relationships. John the Baptist leads Andrew to Jesus. Andrew leads his brother Peter to Jesus. Philip leads Nathaniel to Jesus. I mean, it's just relationship, relationship, just people everywhere. And in the midst of this global pandemic, what an important time to remember like how much we need our relationships with one another. Let me just encourage you. Like if, if you've been exploring Phoenix Bible Church online from afar through a friend, let me encourage you to come and join. Like join up with these people. I don't, I don't know, I don't know Phoenix Bible Church, but I know Tim and Jaya, and I know the way they talk about the people of Phoenix Bible Church. I know they're not perfect, but I, but I know them to be men and women that are genuinely wanting to know Jesus, to be in awe of Jesus, surrender their lives to Jesus. Won't you come and join? And even if you've been a part of Phoenix Bible Church for a long time, and I know, I know Tim and Jaya talk about you often, men and women that have given money and time and energy to see Phoenix Bible Church become what it is today. But I want to encourage you as well. Come and join. You might be thinking, I'm already a part. I've been, I've been joining. I'm a part of Phoenix Bible Church. I get it. You are and thankful for you. But relationally, I, I just want to encourage you, like, keep pressing in with your relationships with one another. It'd be so easy to kind of stall out, 
right? You've, you've exchanged names with people, you've swapped some life details with people, and then we, we start to think like, oh, we know these people, but I, but I would encourage you, like, keep going. Like, I, 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 I've known Tim and Jaya for 20 years, and I'm, I'm still learning new things about Tim and Jaya. They're still learning new things about me and my family. My wife and I, we've been married over 20 years, and, like, I felt like I knew her pretty well. Like, when we got married, well enough to get married, right? And yet 20 years later, I'm like, dude, I had no idea. I know so much more about her today. Man, can you imagine 20 years from now? Man, keep pressing in to your relationships with one another. The invitation is absolutely come and join. What a, what a blessing. And to have the relationships you have with one another. Keep pressing in to those relationships with one another. And you might be thinking, well, Michael, you're saying these things about relationships because you're, you're so great with friendships, right? You might be thinking that, but I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not one of those optimistic, encouraging, like, fun people to be around. I'm, I'm not. Um, the reason I can give you that encouragement, the reason I, I need that encouragement in, in my life is not because I'm an optimistic, relational type of person. It's because of Jesus' words in John chapter 1. Look how he closes out right there in verses 50 to 51. Now I'm going to read, and, and we'll close with this. Verse 50, 51. Jesus answered and said to him, Behold, I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. All right, this is Jesus speaking to Nathaniel. And in the, in the context, uh, Nathaniel is, is, is coming forward and Jesus calls out to him and says, Look, I know you. Before Philip called you, I saw you sitting under a fig tree. And Nathaniel is astonished. Right? Just, what? How'd you know that? We're meeting for the first time. How'd you know about the fig tree? And Nathaniel's response is, surely you are the son of God. Surely you must be king. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? But Jesus' response to him, it says, Nathaniel, like you're going to see greater things than these. Like if you think the fig tree thing is a big deal, like we're just getting started because you're about to see the gates of heaven open up. There's so much to unpack in verses 50 and 51, but just sit in that for a second. Like the gates of heaven haven't been opened since Genesis chapter 3. Sin enters into humanity, gates of heaven closed. Promise of a Messiah, he's come. And now he's standing right in front of Nathaniel. He says to Nathaniel, like, you think the fig tree thing's a big deal? You ain't seen nothing yet. Right? The gates of heaven are about to explode. 
that same invitation that Jesus gives to Nathaniel, that's the same invitation that Jesus is giving to us today. Like, this global pandemic, it's a big deal. And I don't know what's going to happen, but and Jesus has come to open up the gates of heaven. That's, that's what's going on in John chapter 1. That's what's going on in Phoenix, Arizona. That's what's going on in Austin, Texas. That's what's going on around the world. Jesus is like, dude, you're going to see greater things than these. And so won't you respond to Jesus' invitation? That's the opportunity for us today. It doesn't matter if you're exploring the claims of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years. The invitation hasn't changed. Come and see. Open up God's Word. Get in groups with others. Come and see His glory. Be in awe of Him. And not just in awe, but follow Him. Surrender your life to Him. Let His glory rub against you in such a way that you follow Him. And do so with others. Find other men and women. Phoenix Bible Church. And see the gates of heaven open up. Will you pray with me? Well, Father in heaven, I thank you so much for today. What an opportunity to be speaking to Phoenix Bible Church. I'm so proud of what's going on in this church family. I know they love people. I know they want to see your love explode out of their church family into the streets of Phoenix and I'm so excited about what you're doing in this church family. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would reveal your awe and glory to them, that the word, your word, would come alive on Sundays, online, in groups, and homes, that it would just explode with just wonder and awe for every, every man, woman, and child at Phoenix Bible Church. And I, and I pray that, that there would be men and women that are just sharing testimonies and stories, formally and informally, of surrendering their life to Jesus, finding goodness in Jesus, finding capacity and, and power and joy as they surrendered their lives to Jesus, and that their relationships with one another would be rich, that they would be deep, and that there would be constantly stories of new people coming in and tasting of you. We thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much.